I didn't know where it was going a, a while ago, but now I'm having a more of a clear picture. Our cortex, to me, I, I call it my world. It's it's my environment. It's my creative process. It's everything I want to do as far as a creative. So. I- Welcome to Step Into the Sandbox, a conversational journey through the minds of creatives. Step into the worlds they create as we unpack the roots and elements of their creative process. I'm your host, David Verhano, and this is episode two of the podcast. These first few episodes will highlight creative professionals from an array of disciplines, all of which bring a unique perspective to their craft. Today's guest is Christina Hernandez, the founder of Art Cortex, a mixed media arts and sciences program for children to explore and exercise their creative minds. Christina is a Miami native that's been moonlighting as a DJ for over a decade, sharing her eclectic taste in music, at events, and on air. We dive into how she got started, what she's learned, and how her career has evolved over the years. Enjoy. I'm Christina Hernandez. I am a Miami native. I was born and raised here. My parents are Guatemalan. and I've been a creative ever since, I don't know, the age of eight. <laughs> I've been, uh, my, my entire family's creatives. I had a camera in my hand since I was eight years old. My father was a DJ, owner of a nightclub, you know, in his early 20s. So I guess it's just natural that I ended up <laughs> where I am. Um, and yeah, I started DJing, I think, about 2001. And so, yeah, it's kind of been my life, music in general, which guided me to where I am right now. That's very funny because my father has been a DJ since he was 18, and he's uh, born and raised here in Miami too, and mostly like during the disco era. Um, so it's kind of have a little synergy in that side of it. So in yeah. terms of uh, your father's background, were you witnessing him live DJ at events? Or no, I I found out after the fact. So it was like um, it's so weird that I I naturally followed his footsteps because I found out later on that he was, you know, a DJ. So I thought that was just bizarre, you know, not even knowing and just, like, going straight into it. I think it's just because music, it's it was always playing on the weekends. It was, like, it was yeah. always around, you know? So, yeah. And you said he owned a nightclub. Was that a nightclub here in Miami or somewhere no, else? No, no, he owned back in the day. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 back in the day. Like, I'm talking, this is in Guatemala. Oh, It's in not Guatemala. even here in the yeah, States. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's very Yeah, cool. this is like early, I mean, I want to say the early 80s, maybe late 70s, long time ago. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there one thing that you feel most of the world doesn't know about you that you, you would like to share that you are trying to share now as part of your growth and, and maturity in life? Um, I think a lot of people don't know that I would like to own a restaurant <laughs> at some point. Uh, a lot of my friends do know because I cook for a lot of my friends. They beg me to cook for them, and I love cooking, and I love photographing. So I've always wanted to kind of play around with food styling. Um, I have done it. I've actually shot for a few restaurants, and then I kind of stopped that because my company – you know, required all my attention. So I think that's something that food, food is a big part of my life. Very cool. And Miami, you said you were born here? Yeah, born and raised. Is your family, and you said your your parents are Guatemalan. Correct. Um, they all still live here? 
yeah, for the most part, everyone's here. I mean, there's always a few family members that are still in Guatemala, but for the most part, everyone's here in Miami. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and Miami's such a interesting city because you get a lot of transplants. You get people that come from different parts of the world. Um, have you ever considered leaving Miami, or has it always been something? Um, every time you take that one vacation, you're like, I'm going to move here. So there's always that thought. There's always, you know, when I travel to Europe, I'm like, what am I doing in the United States? Like, this is another world. If I travel to New York, which I do pretty often, I feel very welcomed, and I feel like New York is definitely somewhere I could live. Um, I haven't been able to visit the West Coast, but everyone tells me I have to. Christina, what are you doing? You have to go to LA. And of course, that's where a lot of like music producers and DJs um, either originate from or go there to, you know, get their career started, like a real career in that. Yeah, absolutely. LA has a lot going on for it. It's been around for longer than Miami, too. It's like, yes. I think a lot of times when you compare Miami to other cities, we lose sight that it, it is still relatively a young city been around for about 100 100 years 100 i actually years dj'd the 100th um centennial uh party on That's the beach awesome. so that was pretty cool because i realized how young miami really was yeah and so we still have generational um you know growth that needs to happen in order for things to become traditional and, and absolutely have things to grow here for sure yeah. um something that i like to do uh to see a little bit of inside what you do and and your day-to-day -day is start with an icebreaker question and one of the icebreaker questions this is something that was asked to me on an interview for a job back in the day and I found it, it was super interesting um, and the question was if we were to go to your car right now and open up your trunk <laughs> well, name three things that we would find uh, you would find about 20 headphones, 10 DJ controllers, a speaker, a speaker stand. Did I, no, I could keep going. I mean, yeah. my whole life, I call it the R-Cortex uh, minivan, That's just funny. because I'm a party on the go. I could set up an entire activation for 20 people right now. That's amazing. That's <laughs> awesome. You. <laughs> so you said you picked up DJing after the fact that you knew, or before you even knew your father was a DJ. Yeah. So what, what drove you to, to DJing? Um, I really, you know, music, of course. Uh, it started from the early days of, like, sharing an iPod with, uh, you know, my friends. And then from there, um, you know, once I turned 18, you go to these all-ages nightclubs and stuff like that. Nothing that they were playing was at all interesting to me. So I think, yeah, I, I think... I took it upon myself kind of like, oh, I kind of want to play my stuff because I'm not listening to what I want to hear. So then that's where you would see me in my little nook at home on, I mean, at the time, I think it was like LimeWire or like all yeah. those like torrent sites. And I would sit on my desktop, not even like a laptop, <laughs> like, wow. you know, and then I would just download and I, I it started curating playlists. It wasn't even DJing. I think I got my first little DJ gig. I want to say maybe almost three years after just curating a lot of playlists, burning CDs for all my friends. That's that's kind of how it started, yeah. That's awesome. So what was your first piece of equipment? My first piece of equipment, I mean, it really took me a while because the big thing was that I couldn't afford it. So I had to kind of attach myself to people that had equipment, and we would do, like, little dinner sessions and... Any way that we could kind of hang out and still kind of practice was what I was, like, aiming for. So, I mean, I don't want to say I really owned anything till fairly recently, maybe, like, five, six years ago. 
Cool. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So you were sharing it. You did I was always sharing, yeah. Or if I had gigs, I would rent it. Nice. Yeah, because the yeah. equipment was, you know, it's not very affordable. Yeah. No, I, that, that's the story that I've heard more and more. There is a lot of uh, companies like Newmark and um, Pioneer that have had, uh, like, designed controllers and stuff that are very affordable. That's why I'm able to do what I do, but... For a, for a DJ that's trying to, like, really grow a, a legit software, a legit, like, console, you're talking about CDGs, you're talking about, like, $5,000, you know? Yeah. And that's, like, a hefty price tag. Oh, for sure. Um, and when you kind of dove into the music industry, did you immediately see it as a career path, or did you simply see it as a passion? Um, yes and no. Like, I had the... Um, Yes, I wanted to be a DJ. Like, who doesn't? I thought it was so cool, and, and I used to look up to a lot of people. And um, But then you would have, like, mom kind of knocking sense into you, or, like, you know, like, you can't be a DJ forever, so what are you going to do? Um, but, yeah, there was that one moment that I'm like, I'm going to be a famous DJ. But, like, come on, that's not really realistic. Actually, it is. It is very realistic, but it takes a lot of work. And I was the kind of, I call myself kind of like the lazy DJ because all the gigs I, I have gotten throughout the years, it's not really how I'm pushing myself. It's just through personal experiences and people finding me and people being like, oh, I've heard her play. It's not really like I'm really putting myself out there because there's some DJs that will knock on every door until they get like a full week of gigs, you know? I get you. There's way more aggressive, like sales Absolutely. types. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And... I guess this passion is taking to the point where now you want to teach others about it and it led you to starting Art Cortex. Could you ex yeah. explain that a little bit more for us? Yeah, I mean, I was, um, you know, I just met someone. I met this one person that knew I was a DJ and um, they kind of offered me a teaching gig, which I... Um, did not I didn't want to do it. I was like, I have no I have no educational background. I don't know if that's going to work. And of course, you know, it ended up happening and I loved it. I realized I had a knack with kids. I love kids. My clients were just in awe that a service like this was being offered. Um, and yeah, it just started slowly. It started I started with one DJ console. And this is about four or five years ago. I started with one DJ console, six kids per this one DJ console, all like circled around me <laughs> um, and just kind of like doing one-on-one -on -one lessons every like five minutes. And now like fast forward five years later, every kid has their own console. My classes are sold out. It's 15 kids at a time. It's, you know, it's kind of crazy, the evolution of it all. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So what's the big picture goal with our Cortex for you? Our cortex is morphing into so many things that I didn't really realize would be. Um, I, I didn't know where it was going a, a while ago, but now I'm having more of a clear picture. Our cortex, to me, I, I call it my world. It's, it's my environment. It's my creative process. It's everything I want to do as far as a creative. So as of right now, it's still kind of molding itself into something that I'm just kind of letting it kind of ride let's see where it goes because right now there's a lot of different outlets as far as doing private events um and doing classes and then we're actually hiring we're booking our own either students or adults to go out and do events so it's like a, a music label it's an event production agency 
it's an educational service. It's it's a lot of things right now. That's it's awesome. exciting. Would you say that there are any rewarding moments throughout the last four or five years that stand out to you? Yes, my students are like the best ever, especially students that have started with me since they were in kindergarten and now they're in fifth grade. So to have that client returning, it just, and to have that relationship with their parents, because I, I mainly teach kids, so to have them come back over and over and over, it's just so, it's like, you know, it's an amazing feeling that they not only love what we're teaching, but I get from the parents a lot. They just, they don't want to do anything if you're not in it, you know? Yeah. Like, they want to work with you. They want to be with you. So whatever you're doing, let us know. Yeah. And, yeah, you're working with kids, and which is obviously super interesting and fun, and they bring a lot of energy to the table. What's something that they've taught you? They have taught me that DJing, it could be very much of a structured and step one, step two, but these kids are so creative. They do the most bizarre things. So I think in, in a sense, they've, they've taught me how to not take things too seriously and have fun. Yeah. That's awesome. And I guess in a, a craft like music that is very much about personal preference and finding your own kind of sound and your voice, essentially, um, it, it's something that kind of takes some getting used to and finding your groove, right? Um, yeah, of course. What, is, is there any kind of ritual that you usually take when you're, let's say, going to be coming up with your own composition? You're right. Come up with some sort of set. Um, are there any rituals that you tend to follow or, or do? Yeah, um, I carry all my sets in my car. So I spend a lot of time in my car since I'm always driving all around Miami. So I will kind of just, yeah, I'll listen, I'll dig and dig. Um, and if it's not in my car, if it's anywhere else, I, I can't. It has to be in my car because I'm by myself. Um, I have my speakers, you know, surround sound, if you might say. So, yeah, it's uh, and where, I, my curating happens in my car. Yeah. You said you dig. So where are you digging to find some of these sources? Um, I dig a lot. SoundCloud is a huge uh, resource for me because I... I don't want to give my secrets out, but <laughs> it's just a nice way of being able to find tracks that are related to that one track that you fell in love with. So at a certain point, you just kind of get lost in this endless, you know, ocean of music. And SoundCloud is a great source. That's why I was telling you earlier, like things like Spotify and music, I mean, and Apple Music, they're streaming services. So it's very um, like uniform and it's more about records and albums and, you know, for a DJ that you're trying to search for that special track, you got to kind of look elsewhere. And of course, there's a lot of like torrent sites and stuff like that. And, and even friends, they'll be like, hey, here's a track. And then I'll get that track and plug it into SoundCloud and see what happens. That's awesome. Um, and in terms of when you are creating these sets and trying to find your flow state, how do you know that you're creating something greater, that you've mixed something that you feel is, is awesome? Like, what, what's that moment like, or what? how do you pinpoint, that, like, this is good? It's taken me a while. Like, it's not easy. I think now I'm getting a lot of amazing feedback from my audience. So with that feedback, 
you know, I, I know certain songs that this it spikes a little higher than another track. So maybe, you know, as a DJ, you got to look at your audience. If, if they're dancing and they're having a good time, my friends are really easy to tell me, like, oh, my gosh, that track is amazing. Where'd you get it? So, like, yeah, it's it's based on the feeling you get, like, the response. Got it. Got it. And, I mean, there's, like you said, this has kind of morphed into something that you didn't really expect and in a broader sense creative creativity is not a linear process so mm-hmm. do you forecast it going in, into another direction like has there been moments where you've had to pivot and shift your attention to some other area that um you weren't aware of um I mean, I always thought, I've I've always been teaching, so teaching, 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 but now it's become a production, so it's about lights, it's about, you know, I just did an event where, you know, it was 180 people, so there's a projector involved, there's a sound, a bigger sound system, so I think event production, which is something I've never done, but I have been to so many events, so I know an event has to be bigger than to really, you know, like entertain your audience. So I'm, I'm a big advocate when it comes to like, like, yeah, let's go crazy. Let's do lights. Let's do, make sure the sound's super loud. Let's let from even curating a very special, special playlist for my clients, you know, if depending on the age and stuff like that, you know? So, yeah. Cool. And you're just talking about SoundCloud and Spotify I looked. I pulled up some stats on the industry because it's really interesting how we've shifted towards streaming. And I found that globally, uh, music streaming revenues are they were at 17 billion last year, and they're supposed to be at almost double at like 26 this year. So everything seems to be shifting towards the streaming service. And I think it made up like over 60 percent of the overall revenue that musicians make. Right. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm not sure if you have a stance or a position on how the industry is going. And I mean, I'm probably one of the, I'm you know that helped that number drop because I'm not listening to, I'm I'm more in the moment of finding that one track that makes me happy rather than sitting through an entire record at the moment. But maybe also. I feel like records were were so amazing a couple of years ago, and of course, there's artists dropping amazing stuff. But um, I I don't want to blame it on the writing process and the production process of an artist dropping an album that I'm so in love with. But maybe I'm just not giving it too much attention. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of artists out there now, and it's very hard to keep up. And then I, I think I, I sense a little bit of frustration when it comes to these streaming services. I get overwhelmed. There's too much. And, and then um, Apple Music or Spotify, they try to kind of feed you. Like, based on this, you could listen to this, and it's never right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the algorithm is a little like, really? You thought yeah. I would want to go there? Yeah. I just find it interesting because it's, now in terms of accessibility easier than ever to push music out instead of having to go and find someone to like a label to put you on and and have them distribute now you can distribute directly essentially but you're also up against way more competition because there's so much it's really hard to keep up so i have music festivals for that i love going to live concerts finding about the artists there and then looking for them it used to be the other way around you know yeah yeah, I still totally see that. Another interesting thing I found was the fact that 
on the flip side, vinyl is about to outpace the sale of CDs. Yes. So what have you seen from that aspect? Are you a record collector? Do you? I am. Record? I'm a personal record collector. I don't, I don't DJ vinyl. I think I, I respect every vinyl. I've kind of dappled with it a little bit, and it's extremely um, difficult, not in the sense of technical aspect, but more of organization of taking care of this delicate, fragile piece of, you know, equipment. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's huge because I have gigs that I'm dying to play, but I can't play them because it's vinyl only, you know. Wow. So it's huge. And the aesthetic, it just looks so dope. And people are just so, like, you know, I want what that guy's playing. And places like Urban Outfitters are, have a vinyl collection. So you're going to get that, like, teen that just thinks it's cool, which is cool. I love that it's still alive, you know. Yeah. I remember vaguely when I was really young, my father used to have cases of vinyl records that he would lug around to these different events. Does he still have them? He still has some vinyl, yeah. Um, but then and then I saw that shift to CDs, and then now I see it shift to a hard drive. I know, you know it's like and it's almost from, going back in time. Yeah, right? it, it's like almost flipping back, so it's super interesting to see that evolution of the actual medium that we're listening well, to. Well, every time I show up to a gig, I show up with a tiny little stick, and it's so weird to me because I used to lug around my controller or my laptop, my laptop stand, and now my entire set list is on a little tiny stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and going back to the topic of SoundCloud, um, with platforms like that rising and giving these artists an opportunity to push music out it, you know, more than ever, um, where do you see that going, and do you see any other platforms that are competing or, or right there with them to help artists you know, showcase their music? I mean, I think SoundCloud is a great way of allowing artists to put music. So, like, if you're a nobody, they will accept you just because you just pay their fee, and then you're able to kind of broadcast your stuff to the masses. Um, I think there it has to be better for artists to get music out there. You know, like, even when it comes to, like, Apple Music, if you're a beginning artist, I don't even think they'd look twice at you. So there, I think there should be some sort of platform for any kind of artist not have to base it on how many followers you have you know yeah because that's the first thing people look at which is a little sad too like if the soundcloud artist what has like 90 followers you're you're nothing yeah so there has to be a way that there's no following involved there's no like popularity contest it's just about content and creation and and you know your music at the end of the day yeah and I think it is getting to a point where we have so much choice that we don't know There's what to do with it. There's too much, yeah. Um, we're still trying to find the best way to package and, and give people the the ability to find what they want, but also not be overwhelmed by it. It's it's pretty yeah. interesting. Moment That's a that perfect word. I mean, overwhelmed. There's yeah. too much. So, yeah. um, in terms of sources of inspiration, uh, where do you go to in terms of artists and uh, people in your industry that you look up to? Miami's full of them, and I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by them. All my really close friends are kind of the reason Miami's moving forward. You know, I have a lot of friends that have inspired me as far as um, DJs or creatives or um, talent bookings, anything on that sense. So I'm constantly with these people. We're constantly collaborating, and the power of collaboration is so huge. Everything I do is because of someone I know that got me to that person and we just wanted to collaborate you know so yeah i'm surrounded by it very cool 
are there any mentors that you have right now that or that you've had over the past you know few years that have really helped you get to that point as far as uh, friends or just anyone in general? It could be a friend it could, or it could even be a, a distant mentor, someone that you looked up to and you've had maybe a couple conversations with, but enough to push you forward in one direction. Yeah, I want to call out, you know, my best friends. Um, uh, I want to say my friend Leah. Leah's, we grew up together and we are two little girls from Hialeah that had big dreams. And um, I know you know Leah, so... Shout out to her just because yeah. she really does inspire me as a sense of um, it's nice to have someone have your back and vice versa and to doubt you all this time. And I think I think still to this day, they're in shock that we're from Hialeah. You know, it's like it's kind of crazy because who cares where you're from or what area you grew up in is what's really it's going to sound so cheesy, but it's what's inside. So, yeah, I want to say I'm very lucky to call her my best friend, and um, she she definitely inspires me. And we yeah. help each other, and, and we're here together. Like, we're going to make it together, you know? Yeah. I still remember you two had a set at one of the Leah uh, block parties back I, I know. Say, that was back in ago, the day, too. I know. It was really fun. It um, was. In terms of guilty pleasures, are there any artists or songs that you jam <laughs> out to in your car that... <laughs> Um, I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure because everyone loves her. I'm obsessed with Lady Gaga. I'm obsessed with Britney Spears and all these queens out there. So, I mean, I mean I'm not guilty at all. They're just <laughs> pleasurable. <Yeah. laughs> um, and are there any artists that are on the rise right now that you feel deserve a little bit more praise than they're getting or, or you know, not as prominent as you feel like they should be? Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot, but I've kind of lacked searching for new artists at the moment just because I've been lucky enough to have a lot of gigs lately, so that takes away my time from being able to say any name to you right now. Like, no one comes to mind just because I'm always digging, you know, yeah. so it's hard at the moment. But yeah, there is. I just can't think of one right now. Is there a recent EP or album that you've listened to that you fell in love with? Well, yeah, I've had Sarone on, on playlists, and Sarone has been around for years. He's like the queen of disco, and he, um, uh, funny enough, I just downloaded his record on Apple Music, so I've been listening to that, but it's nothing new. It's just, you know, the second I say Sarone, people's eyes light up. So, yeah, I want to say that one. It's a beautiful record. You just got to let it go. Yeah. Um, in terms of other projects besides Art Cortex or even within Art Cortex, is there anything exciting on the on the come up that you want to talk about? Or um, yeah, so we recently launched our website. So right now, there's two kind of um, there's two things happening in Art Cortex. We're creating an Art Cortex merch shop. So what we're doing is our, a lot of our students are really creative, and we're really proud of the work that we make with them. So. Um, we, we're going to start picking one design, to say the least, um, as far as graphic designing for artwork or designing T-shirts, and the best design is going to get produced, um, and we're going to start selling it on our site, and a profit of that money is going to go to one of our students, hopefully for a college fund. But, yeah, I want to pay it back, and I also want to always show my students that you can make money being creative and being awesome. So, And then the other aspect of our cortex that we're surely going to start at some point is um, a music label. 
for all these kids that I'm teaching, a lot of them are very talented. So I would like to be that first. I, I compare it to kids bop. I want to be the next kids bop, but in our cortex bop. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Are there any words of advice you would give up and coming DJs, whether they're kids or they're already a little bit older into teens entering adulthood? What, what's something that you would tell them? Um, self-doubt will eat you alive. Every gig you play, you're always thinking, is that transition good enough? Or, damn, I messed up. Uh, that one guy in the corner is a DJ. He's judging me. Get rid of all of it. Just do you. <laughs> like, stop thinking of what other people want. Because the second that happens, you do end up messing up. You start doubting yourself. You get lost. Yeah. Um, so that's something I've had to deal with because I'm surrounded by all these amazing Miami DJ, so I'm constantly criticizing myself. But I've learned to just be confident. Like, you're you're killing it, man. Just go do your thing. Yeah, I think self-doubt is something that it's across huge. the board... It'll with, eat you alive. ...with creatives in, in different industries I've seen and I've dealt with 100%. Um, are there any specific things that helped you combat self-doubt? Obviously, having a supporting group like your friends, but... Yeah, I mean, response, of course, it's always really nice for people to just, like, kind of praise your work and be like, wow, that was amazing. And strangers, because your friends are always going to be nice to you. But when strangers come up to you, and and recently I've gotten a lot of messages, like private messages on Instagram from people that, you know, I don't know, um, but that have been at my gigs and felt the need to reach out, look for me on social media just to let me know you have no idea that set was amazing. So that, to me, every message is like a confidence booster and in a humble way. I'm not trying to be like, oh, okay, I'm the best now. Yeah. It's just like because of your message, I feel like I could, I'm doing something right, you know, so keep going. <laughs> totally. Um, in, besides DJing, are there any other areas of creativity that you want to explore maybe there's like some other things that you want to mix with DJing I think that you're already messing around with some stuff yeah I, I'm, I photograph a lot I love photography so I always have my camera on hand um, I mean I'm a creative I'm always going to want to do everything one thing I guess I really want to teach myself is uh, graphic design and being able to design my own you know, my own flyers and maybe like flyers for my DJ gigs and stuff. So I feel like I lack in that sense, but I'm on my way to teaching myself. So yeah. Awesome. Want to be a full rounded creative. Yeah. <laughs> I combat with that as well. I feel like I, I try and do too much and then you, you have to like. But one thing with, it's like if you know one thing, you got to know the other in a sense. They yeah. all kind of come together and make this awesome. Yeah. Well, the one thing in, in my industry, there's, including myself, we, a lot of people trying to push for the title or, or, or the role of creative director. And in reality, that there's a lot of bullshit behind some of that stuff. And if you don't really understand these different disciplines that you would be, quote unquote, directing, um, how can you truly do it, do it justice or do it right? So you need to know every aspect of what it is as a creative. Yeah. So it's like understanding. that is the director um, role. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that I feel is going back to self-doubt. One of those things that you can, can eat you alive, but you just have to dive in sometimes to 
really yeah. learn what, what you're and get of. the fake confidence from somewhere i always you know fake it till you make it yeah like roll up like you own this place and then that confidence comes from i don't know where but it's there i mean if you're if you're gonna fall on your face i feel like you take a, a good step forward into it and get back up instead of always being tentative and and you know not really doing it with the yeah the proper, overthinking it yeah. will completely shatter yeah. any creative process you know for sure so as we wrap this up, is there anything else that's coming up that um, you're excited about or that you want to share with us um, you know, in the coming months? Um, well, our Cortex is doing a lot of workshops. Um, so we have our fall camp coming up. Uh, that's going to take place during the winter break. And we're really excited because we just launched a new program for 3D design and printing. So now we're doing, uh, we're kind of molding our future engineers. So that's that's another kind of direction it's taking, and we're super excited about it. And we're just excited to keep adding things to this roster of amazingness for any little kid that has that drive. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things coming up um, for our Cortex. Cool. And for the 3D printing side, is that something you're doing in-house, or you partnered with a 3D printing shop? I'm lucky enough, my brother. My brother, um, he just graduated from FIU, uh, won an engineering degree. So he, it's a family thing now. He is now working with me, and we are trying to grow this to the next level. That's so awesome. it become it became a family, family affair, which is awesome. Cool. I think that wraps it up. But if there's anywhere that people can find you, um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, what would you? Uh, yeah, I mean, our cortex is the our cortex at the our cortex, and then Bach Devi is my personal handle. Cool. And I'll drop that in the description and all that kind of stuff so that people nice. can find you. But awesome. Thank you for coming out. Thanks, David. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. This is a new creative challenge for myself. So it would be awesome to hear any feedback, any suggestions you might have to help us improve the podcast, even if that means recommending guests we should interview or topics we should be discussing. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to us on any of the major podcasting platforms. We're available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud right now. And lastly, if you know anyone that can find value from this podcast, please share it with them. Thanks again, and I look forward to having you tune in to the next episode.